Life Audio. Hey friends, how often do you speak life over yourself? Did you know that psychologists and theologians both support the power of affirmations? When I wake up every morning, I speak positive affirmations all from the Word of God. It's totally changed my life. Imagine starting each day with renewed confidence, hope, and peace. I want to invite you into this practice of speaking life. And to jumpstart your journey, I've created a soothing meditative audio just for my Faith Friday listeners. You can listen to this audio each and every day. It's yours for free at danashay.com forward slash speak life. It's time that you take captive every thought and make it obedient to the word of God. Download your free audio today at danashay.com forward slash speak life. Hey friends, I am so thankful that you are here with us today on this particular episode of the podcast. Today's episode is either going to offend you or it's going to help to set you free. My prayer is that it is the latter. If you've been following along, we have been in a little mini series about church. Several weeks ago, we talked about why do we need to go to church as Christians? Is that even necessary? And then last week, we talked about how to actually find a good church. And today, we are going to talk about a hot topic, which is church hurt. If you have been following this hashtag church too, you will see that there are many, many people with many, many stories about how they have been hurt or wounded in the church. Many of those people have left the Christian faith altogether. So I want to first start off by saying, if you've never listened to me before, if you don't know anything about me, I am a teaching pastor at my church. I believe in church, okay? But not only am I a teaching pastor, I am a member of a church, all right? So I am not talking from the mountaintop here. I am talking as a church member. I am talking as someone who has been offended in church and probably someone who has offended in church. And isn't that the truth about all of us? You see, whether you realize it or not, you have been offended and you have also offended. So we need to just come into this conversation just really clear and with a level ground that none of us are perfect. None of us are innocuous from offending people or from saying the wrong thing at the wrong time or from judging or misunderstanding. So it's important that we know that so that we can also give grace to those who have offended us. Okay, so let's first of all differentiate between church hurt and offense. You see, when we think about our hurt, being hurt is something that happens when someone intentionally or unintentionally wounds you. They cause you pain, abuse. That is hurt. It will be something along the lines of sexual harassment or someone slanders your name. Someone finds out about something that happened in your life. You maybe told them that in secret. They went and told the whole church. Someone who lied on you. You, you joined a ministry. You wanted to serve. And they rejected you and then lied to the whole ministry team and told people that you were unreliable. That would be a church hurt. Now, let me back up to an example that I shared, because even as I was sharing it, I really want to be clear about something. People hurting you in the church is not the same as church hurt. Yes, the church is comprised of the people in it, but there are often times we get 
hurt by someone in the church, and then we relegate that to the entire church. We think the entire church hurt me when really Sister Susie is just a jerk. When really Brother Smith just doesn't know how to handle his temptations, his lust, whatever. So because you were hurt by someone in the church does not mean that you have experienced church hurt. I know that might hurt your feelings and you might need to go and remove some hashtags, but that is the truth. Just because someone has hurt you does not necessarily mean that you experience church hurt. Now, I'm not belittling your hurt. I'm not belittling your pain because that's a real thing. And I'm sorry if you have been abused or wounded by someone in the church or if your church has wounded you. But let's talk about offense because offense is what I think most of us have experienced. Most people have not been physically, emotionally, or spiritually abused by their church. Have there been people that have experienced that? Absolutely, 100%. I know of those stories, okay? But what I'm saying is that the majority of people out here saying my church hurt me, I left this church because the church hurt, really, I believe the majority of those folks have, have, have been offended. They've experienced an offense. Now, what's the difference between a hurt and an offense? An offense, and I'm going to give you the dictionary definition, lest you think that I am making this up, okay? An offense is a perceived insult. It is feeling disregarded. So you know that there's a difference between like actually being hurt and feeling that you're hurt. So I've talked a lot on this podcast about hurt. We talk about struggling marriages. We talk about broken relationships all the time. So we're constantly talking about hurt. But there is a choice that you make to be offended. You see, someone might choose to hurt you, or maybe they go out of their way to make you feel unimportant or to not involve you in something. But you choosing to be offended is just that. It's a choice. You don't have to choose to be offended. I shared this story before. I said there was a woman who used to work with us at our church. And on her phone in her office, she had a little sign that said, refuse to be offended, believe the best. And I love that. I would live by that. I still live by that. There are people who are going to try to go out of their way to do scandalous things to you. We live in a fallen world and people can be crazy, y'all. But you don't have to choose every offense that comes your way. So there is a difference between an actual hurt, something was actually done to you versus you being offended because somebody looked at you the wrong way or somebody didn't um, include you. They didn't give you the solo in the choir. They didn't allow you to lead the ministry that you are probably not yet ready for, by the way, but they didn't allow you to lead that ministry. So now you're like, oh, I'm, I'm church hurt. We've got to be mature enough as believers. Can I say that? We've got to be mature enough as believers. And the Bible actually speaks about this in Proverbs 19, 11. I'm going to read you the scripture. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Good sense, common sense, wisdom, maturity. You're going to get offended sometimes, but you don't have to choose to be offended. Okay, so let's talk about what is actually a church hurt. There are indirect church hurts and then there are direct church hurts. Things that are done to you, that will be a direct hurt. 
And then things that are not done to you, but they still affect you would be an indirect hurt. So for an example, an indirect church hurt might be your leader falling into some sort of sin. Maybe your leader embezzled money. They ran off with the secretary. There was some sort of sexual issue going on. They they fell into sin. Somehow the leader, whether it be the lead pastor or somebody in leadership at your church, fell in such a way that it affected the whole church. That's an indirect church hurt. It hurts, but it wasn't done to you. Now, if you were the secretary and you trusted your lead pastor and he sexually harassed you to the point where you no longer can go to that church, that would be a direct church hurt. That is something that happened to you specifically, to you personally. Okay, so it's really important that we differentiate between a direct hurt and an indirect hurt. Why? Listen to me carefully here, okay? Because a direct hurt requires your participation in the restoration process. What? I've been hurt, yet I'm supposed to be somehow responsible for the restoration? Yes. Let me read to you. Again, you guys, I'm not giving you my thoughts. I'm giving you the word here, okay? In Matthew 18, many of you have heard the Matthew 18 principle. You can actually find that in Matthew 18, 15 through 17. This is our template. This is how Jesus himself tells us how to handle hurt and offense, all right? Number one, the first thing he says is, If you have been hurt, if you have been wounded, if you have been offended, depending on what translation you're reading, the first thing that you're to do is to go to that person. Y'all, if we would literally just do this, there would be so fewer hurts in the church. There would be fewer hurt feelings in the church. There would be way less dysfunction in our churches if we would just do what Jesus said. Number one is not you go to your best friend. Number one is not that you call the pastor. Number one is not that you tell your small group. Number one is you go to that person directly. Why don't we do this? Because most people are conflict avoidant. But if you're going to be a mature believer, you got to do things Jesus's way. He said, go to the person. Tell them what they did. Because oftentimes, y'all, we think that people have intentionally hurt us. And a lot of times people just don't know. People don't realize a lot of times what they've done. Now, I know that some of you are listening are like, no, they know. They know what they did. But you don't know that because you don't live in their mind. So you can just assume or dare I say judge their motive. So what we're not going to do is bypass what Jesus said and then blast that church all over social media talking about we were hurt if we have not done our part. So step one, go to the person. All right, my friends, we have to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. If you haven't already subscribed or followed the podcast, please do that now, and we will be right back. In the past decade, the Action Bible has helped millions of kids across the world better understand the stories of the Bible. Through vivid illustrations and fast-paced stories, children have engaged in God's Word like never before. Now in 2024, there is a new edition Faith in Action Edition with enhanced features. The Action Bible Faith in Action Edition has a new color design, 230 Bible stories, and digital resources that will help kids grow in the knowledge of God's Word. These resources include hundreds of devotionals, prayers, timelines, maps, 
Bible facts, teaching videos, activities, and more. Additionally, kids will learn about seven major themes of the Bible, including courage, faith, hope, love, service, trust, and wisdom. The Faith in Action Edition is the most complete illustrated Bible for kids. You can purchase your copy today of the Action Bible Faith in Action Edition at Sam's Club, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, or wherever books are sold. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast. Step two, Jesus says, if you go to that person and they don't hear you, meaning they don't want to listen to you, they they don't, not just that they don't agree with you, but that they are literally dismissive, dismissive of you, then you go to another trusted advisor or two. It says, take two to three witnesses along with you. Again, you're not going to those two to three witnesses to tattle. You are taking those two to three witnesses with you to go reconfront that person. Who does this? Nobody. But this is literally what Jesus tells us to do, you guys. So you go, you take those two to three people. I recommend that they be leaders. I recommend that they not be someone who would be in a just maybe a peer to peer situation. You go take those two to three advisors with you to go reconfront that person in the spirit of repentance and restoration. That's the name of the game here. This is not Tattletale Tuesday, okay? This is you have done something hurtful. And in the spirit of restoration and repentance, I need to confront you about this. I tried to come to you before. You didn't want to have anything to do with me. You said that I was crazy. I was making it up. So now I'm bringing Elder John and Elder Elaine. And we are going to have a conversation because our relationship matters to me. We are Christians. And this is how Christians handle conflict. Now, if that person still does not listen to Elder John or Elder Elaine, Well, then the Bible says, Jesus Christ, red letters here. He says, take that issue before the whole church. You take that person before the whole church. Now, depending on your church, the whole church might mean leadership. The whole church might mean the whole church body. Many of us don't have churches where you can just go up to the open mic and say, hey, y'all, let me tell y'all about the situation that happened up in our church this week. I wouldn't recommend that because I don't even know if your heart is ready for that. But step three is that you bring that person and or situation before the church leadership, before the church. And you say, again, in the spirit of restoration and repentance, this situation happened. This person is non-repentant. I have tried to go to that person one-on-one. They didn't hear me. I went with two to three witnesses. They didn't hear me. So now I'm bringing it before y'all. Now, what happens if that person still does not repent? The Bible says, treat them like a non-believer. Cut them off. Cut them off. You've done your part. But hear me, never in Jesus' discourse did he say, cut them off and leave the church. He didn't say that. So why are we leaving churches in droves? You see, that person needs to leave the church, not you. 
and, and the only reason that they need to leave is because they're non-submitted to their leadership. So any good church leader, that's going to be a requirement. I have sat in meetings where people have been confronted about sin and they've chosen not to repent and they've been escorted to the door, not because we're non-grace-based, but because we follow the word. How can you be in fellowship with us as your church? We are all a part of one body if you're not submitted to proper Christian behavior. If you won't repent when you have been called to the carpet about a blatant sin in your life, we can't have that, you guys. That's not grace. That's foolishness. Okay, so that person is the one who needs to leave, not you. But let's say that person doesn't leave. Let's say your leadership is like, it's okay. We're going to let that person stay here, even though they're being destructive, even though they're being abusive. We're going to let them stay. This is a case a lot of times when you see like um, someone who is involved in some sort of sexual sin and the church just kind of looks the other way. That's wrong. And that might not be a place where you can continue to fellowship because I cannot go to church and worship the Lord with you, knowing good and well that you've got unrepentant sin in your life that you've been confronted about, yet you won't repent. So this is your opportunity not to leave the church, big C, but to maybe leave that small local community and, big and, find another church. This is the problem, you all, is that when we get so hurt and then we go sit on the sidelines, we're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with those church people. They hurt me. I'm done. That's not Christ-like, nor is it biblical, nor is it going to help you in your Christian growth. So be hurt. Tend to your wounds. Grieve the loss. Do what you need to do, but then get yourself back up and go find yourself another healthy community. Y'all, I know what I'm saying is not popular. And I know that some of you are like, she doesn't understand. It's deeper than that. It really isn't, though. It really isn't. Your goal as a Christian is always reconciliation, forgiveness. Now, there are going to be times, and you have heard me say this on some of the marriage episodes, there are going to be times that reconciliation is not possible. You cannot be reconciled with someone who is unrepentant, period, point blank. You just can't. They're still a chasm. They have not repented. So you can't restore that relationship if that person is unwilling to repent. But how do you know if they're unwilling to repent if you've never actually confronted them? If you're just like, they know what they did and they haven't come to me and said sorry, maybe they don't even know what they did. So let's follow the Matthew 18 principle. And I know that this particular episode is a little bit longer than what we do on Fridays, but I want to really take our time with this because I think this is such an important conversation. It's such an important part of your spiritual formation. There are too many people who uproot so easily and they wonder why they can't grow in the faith because you keep uprooting. That'd be like if I planted a, a garden and I yanked up the flowers every three weeks. No, you can't do that. You've got to be able to stick and stay somewhere. And when you stick and say, y'all, we've been in our church for 15 years. Do you think we've not been offended in 15 years? Oh my gosh, we've been offended a lot. Do you think that we have not offended folks in 15 years? Absolutely we have. Why are we still there? Because we're mature believers. Because we know how to ask for forgiveness. Because we know how to forgive. That's why. You don't leave a church because somebody hurt you. You don't leave a church because you've been offended. You stay 
and you allow the Holy Spirit to grow you up in the faith. Conflict has been one of my greatest teachers. I teach about this all the time. Conflict can be your greatest teacher if you are willing to learn from it and not get so offended. You know, we live in such a fragile society today where you can't say anything to anybody because everybody is so easily offended. That should not be how we are as believers. Now, again, I am not talking about abuse. If you are being abused in your church, your pastor is manipulating you with the word of God and you know it. You're being sexually harassed. You're being financially extorted. You're being emotionally or verbally abused. People are calling you outside of your name and telling you that you are everything but a child of God. That is not okay. And that is not what I am saying, that you just stay there and just grow up. No, that's an abusive situation that needs to be dealt with, according to Matthew 18. Okay. So I want us to be able to be mature believers. I want us to be able to grow up and grow into all that God has for us. If you have been wounded by a church, not a person in the church, please let's make that differentiation there. If you have been wounded by a church, I want you to ask yourself, honestly, did you follow the Matthew 18 principle? And if not, you've got some work to do because it is not okay for us to be dragging around churches' names and, you know, this church did this and this church, don't go there because we can't do that if we haven't even been willing to confront the issue. So I'm going to say something one of the old guys in my old church used to always say, it's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right. I'm willing to step on your toes if that's going to save your soul. I am. Every podcast might not be your fave, but guess what? We're breaking chains up in here on Real Relationship Talk. So I hope that you will take what you have heard from this podcast. And if you have been someone who has caused hurt, you need to go and repent. And if you have been someone who has been hurt, then pray for the Holy Spirit to empower you, which he already has, with the grace to confront the issue. We're not sweeping things under the rug. That is not the name of the Christian game, okay? Love covers a multitude of sin, but it doesn't cover the ramifications of the destruction that sin brings about. So when you have people and families and, and you know, leaving in droves, that is not a good thing. And we need to figure out what is happening in our churches where people are just leaving so freely. Sometimes it is because there is rampant sin going on in that church. And yeah, those people need to be leaving, all right? if they can't bring restoration about. But sometimes, y'all, we just leave because our feelings are hurt. We just leave because we don't want to have to deal with the conflict. We don't want to have to deal with that person. We don't want to have to do what we need to do on our part. So I'm not going to belabor the point any longer. Go back and listen to this episode again. If you still disagree, take that up with the Holy Spirit because I have given you his word today. So thank you for being here today on this episode. I want to encourage you to get those speak life affirmations. I love the fact that we get to build ourselves up in the word of God. And some of you who have been wounded and some of you who have been hurt, that's exactly what you need. You need to download the speak life affirmation so that you can begin to declare and speak over your life who God says that you are, not what people have said that you are. So thanks so much for being here. You can find the show notes to this podcast today and the scriptures that I gave you at realrelationshiptalk.com 
slash episode 208. I love you all. Thank you so much for being a part of our Real Relationship Talk family. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Wow, you stayed all the way to the end. You, my friend, are the real MVP. Thanks again for listening to Real Relationship Talk. The show notes can be found at realrelationshiptalk.com. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? If not, be sure to do that now. And may your relationships be uncomplicated as you build deeper connections. I'll see you on the next episode. Take care.